Hello and welcome to episode 114 of the Nerd Culture Podcast. My name is David and with me is Yun Bo. What's up, David? It, it's all good, man. How's it going? I feel, I feel like I know you a little bit better now since we've actually met in person. Since we've actually physically touched. You're not just a pen pal anymore. No. I feel like you're, real, you're like a real person. <laughs> I'm a real person. <laughs> we'll come back to the to the idea of real people when we talk about the Avengers trailer. But yes, I am definitely a real person and uh, a damn handsome one at that. Um, I would normally have uh, Young Crystal with us this edition, but uh, uh, well, she we're she, we're recording Saturday morning and uh, she's off at work, so she's off to earn the dollars. Oh. Well, gamb- got bills. Yeah, got gambling debts to pay, so he's got to yeah. get out there. <laughs> so it's just you and me, dude. Uh, but uh, the big news, obviously, is uh, we're back from New York Comic Con. Bloody awesome! Yeah, we made it back. We didn't made get it. Mugged. Didn't... <laughs> no, no Ebola. No Ebola. <laughs> Although uh, now that we've now that we've left, there's a a New York doctor has just been diagnosed. Which is, yeah, well, uh, he was a doctor. He went to. He came back from Africa. Yeah. So. Um, and then it turns out he had it. Like I think if, if if you came, if you were if you were helping Ebola patients, which is which is commendable. I mean, those people are tremendous. Yes. Um, but you should you should probably like come back under quarantine. Like you 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 have a pretty good chance of being infected. Yeah. Uh, well, I think that, I think that's probably, what all your all your news reports are saying at the moment that you should be yeah. quarantined. So yeah. I think the problem is just there's a gap in like they probably actually did test him before he left, and then there's just. There's this sort of this window of time where it doesn't, it's not detectable, and I yeah. think he must have tested during that gap in time. I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, this is not the not the place for uh, Ebola information because, quite frankly, I know yeah, I know yeah, yeah. I know stuff all about it. But I, I, I do just, I do think that there is like an incubation period, which is the standard for most viruses. So maybe during that incubation period, you can test okay. I, I don't know. I, I just I just want to just put the disclaimer out there. I. I just don't know, and yeah, yeah. this is not where you want this. to come for well, that sort of I will, stuff. I will say this: it does relate back to New York because, um, uh, well, a before we go into that, like the there was a woman that contracted it in in uh, Texas, yeah. And um, the good news is she's actually been declared Ebola free. She's she's cool now, yeah. Uh, and uh, she's she's going around like doing like um, like talks and stuff. Cool. And I just wonder. If there's still a few people around her that's just like still not ready to shake her hand yet, you know, like oh, you, just, there's no doubt. I hope you're clear, yeah. but I'm not. Sh- you know, I'm still still scared. Yeah, <laughs> that's 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 human nature. There's not much you can do about that. <laughs> right. But um, but anyway, back to New York. So yeah. like, whenever I was fine at New York, I wasn't sick at all. Yeah. Um, I got sick the last either the second day or the last day. I can't remember. I was sick one day. Yeah. And then I got sick again on the way home. And there was all this is right right in the hype of all the Ebola talk, you know. Yeah. And um, even even one time, me and Becca, um, the last night we were there, we decided to kind of do like a uh, a New York like quick excursion where we went, you know, we went all the way to Brooklyn and back again. Yeah. Uh, and on the subway, someone had written like in graffiti Ebola across the wall. And, um, <laughs> so it's, it's going on. It's going on in the back of my head the whole time we're in New York. And then. Whenever we're getting, and then I'm getting sick on the last day, and then when we're getting on the plane, um, they're checking every third person for what I thought might have been Ebola checks. I actually later found out I think it might be something else. Yeah. But they checked the people in front of me, and they checked the guy behind me, but they were only doing every third person, so it skipped me and Becca. Yeah. And because I'm so paranoid, and that guy that's you know always thinking something's wrong with him, 
I almost asked the lady, hey, will you just go ahead and check me too? Like, just make sure. <laughs> I'm really worried. And then I didn't. And like for like the whole plane trip back home, I was thinking like, damn it, I should have had that woman check me. <laughs> that's, I'm very glad that you didn't because that's madness. <laughs> no, you're, you're, perfectly, you're perfectly fine. It's all good. But I'm, I'm healthy now. Yeah, it, it, was, it was just sinuses. It all went away. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, didn't, we actually didn't even get checked because we were leaving, leaving America and America doesn't yeah, care. We, if, you, if you're leaving America, they don't care. Yeah. You can have whatever you want. But uh, well, on the pl- on the more pleasant pleasant news, we, New, <laughs> New York Comic Con. So yeah, so New New York. We, I mean, we got to got to meet as as listeners of uh, one thirteen will know. I mean, we, we got to got to meet Bo and Becker, which was magnificent. It was really really cool. Um, just hanging with you guys. It was awesome to get to know you in the flesh, and and uh, you put up with my uh, weird idiosyncrasies for for that time period. So that was good of you. Thank you. What was what was great was that like we were both in a new place like yeah. New York is so different than South Carolina that it was it was kind of like we were both it wasn't like if you visited South Carolina and you asked me some question about like why do Southerners do this and I'd have to answer for it it was like <laughs> why do people here do this and I'm like I don't know like why do they do that I don't get it as <laughs> new and new York Comic Con itself. I just want to just throw a big thank you out to uh, the organisers of New York Comic Con of just how well they did. I mean, it's just the con itself is, is just a testament to how a con should be done, and uh, I was very very pleased and uh, excited, and it was it was a huge fun. I do know that you think uh, you think that um, some of your local ones are perhaps sort of more enjoyable for you. Um, yeah, you, you prefer you prefer Dragon Con, yeah. So some more the sort yeah, of experience. No, I love, now, don't get me wrong. Hmm. Uh, New York Comic Con was awesome. Yeah, and like I think that if you if you live in the area, if it's not like you're traveling across the country to get to it, it it you ought to be there. Like it is it is it is a great con, um, and it's the biggest con I've ever been to. Yeah. But kind of like what I like about cons was like kind of the artist alley. Um, I like the cosplayers. And while this con has that, it has it in droves. It to me doesn't compare to the artist alley at Heroes Con, right? And you know, it doesn't compare to the cosplay at Dragon Con. Um, I think that this con's kind of its draw was the vendor room. The vendor room at New York Comic Con was bigger than any vendor room I've ever seen in my entire life. It was gigantic. Yeah. And I think that if that's your thing, then New York Comic Con is the con for you. It is. It is huge. Yeah, it was um, so it was so big that we actually didn't even get to see all of it. No, I didn't see any. I didn't. I don't feel like I saw any of it. <laughs> I walked through the whole thing, but I don't. I don't feel like I actually saw any of it because it was just. There's just so much stuff yeah. to take in. It's it's so hard. Yeah, it's um, huge. But that's a good problem for the con to have, I guess. Though I mean, it's yeah, exactly. It's it's huge. Yeah. Yeah, and it was yeah. So was, I, mean, I mean, there was panels and stuff, and it, it, you know, every, everything a con should have. I just think it was the, the perfect epitome of a con. So, and it makes me feel good because the people who run New York Comic Con uh, have partnered with the people who run Oz Comic Con. Right, so, right. So now they'll be, you know, sort of in charge. And Oz Comic Con was fine beforehand. Don't get me wrong, Oz Comic Con's perfectly fine con. But now that I know the people from behind New York Comic Con are going to be uh, involved in, in running it, I'm I'm very pleased. I'm very excited to see what happens next year, you know what I mean? It's going to be really, really cool. So it was great. Well, they, haven't, they haven't done a con there yet. The, next year will be the first Read Pop Oz Comic Con. Yeah, the first one they're in charge of, yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes, but it was awesome, and uh, it was a great experience. And I, got, I mean, I got uh, you know, I got the, the standard sort of interviews and and 
you know footage and recordings and stuff like that that we got and that's awesome stuff and uh the but also just to get a chance just to sort of meet people in the industry who i've you know admired for all these years i mean i got to talk to chris claremont which is absolutely magnificent and he was hilarious and you know and eric larson and you know there's too many too many to mention and uh, i don't want to miss leave anybody out but it's i mean it's just they were all all great um except maybe for rob blofeld who was actually not the not the nicest person but other than that everybody else awesome and uh you know, I got some. You know, I got some art, and I got to meet uh, Joe Martino, the creator of the Mighty Titan, which is a comic I actually appear in. So that was awesome. Oh yeah, that um, was cool. Did you end yeah. up meeting up with the guy and getting the page? Yeah, yeah. We actually the um, the, the two yeah two days later, he actually met up with us um, outside the Empire State Building, and we went and had a beer. Um, and uh, he yeah he gave me gave me the page. So I've got so I've got the actual original artwork page of the of the of the page that I appear in in that comic, which is. Uh, pretty damn sweet so i'm gonna get that all framed and stuff yeah and he was a cool dude man he took a photo it took a, a like a he was a selfie master he took like a selfie of of himself in the middle with crystal and i sort of coming in from the sides and he posted on facebook and stuff it was cool it was did cute he have a, uh, did yeah. he have one of those selfie poles no he didn't have one of those selfie poles no he had it all worked out like one of these huge note sized phones and he, he had i don't know he, he he knew what he was doing he was awesome he was a cool he was a cool dude uh Tyreen um so he was uh yeah and then just in the whole trip was just uh is great great stuff I didn't didn't want to come back yeah we definitely have to go back yeah because you I mean you I mean you got to see Seinfeld's diner and stuff like that but there's a whole bunch of other stuff that you guys just didn't get to do I have That's talked it. about doing that for years yeah I have for the longest time whenever I found out that place really existed because you know I kind of watched it when I was a kid never thought about it and I remember the moment, like whenever I was a teenager and someone mentioned that that place really is a diner in New York and is still there, I was like, I have, I got to go there and eat a turkey sandwich. At some point in my life, I have to do that. And to yeah. finally say I did it, it's like knocking it off my bucket list. It seems <laughs> like the smallest thing to most people. Yeah. But it's huge in my mind. Well, I got to tell you, let me, let me put it to, to the way to, to the way that it means to me is... But, I mean, it was. I mean, I guess it was kind of cool because, like, you know, it was the place that was in the show and all that sort of stuff. But I, you know, I'm not the biggest Seinfeld fan in the world. I just want to put it out there. I don't hate the show. I'm just not that big a fan. But seeing your reaction on the drive there, when we got out of the taxi there, and then when you crossed the street and was standing directly in front of it there, was just unbelievable. Yeah. Like it made the night for me because it's just your <laughs> your your whole face just lit up with joy. And it was just I was like, wow. I, I didn't even get that excited. When I saw, you know, um, the Statue of Liberty for the first time or something like that, you know, what I mean? it's, just, it's just, just the look on your face, which is was was magnificent stuff. So to experience yeah, I, that I, was awesome. I don't know why. It's just something that like me and my friends always talked about doing, and then I finally did it. it yeah, was just, it was just cool for that reason. Yeah, it is cool. I mean, Crystal and I went and saw uh, the Ghostbusters firehouse. That's uh, freaking cool. And uh, yeah, that was pretty cool. And, and you know, and I was pretty excited about that because, you know, Ghostbusters be part of my childhood. Yeah. And uh, but still, but it, nothing beat <laughs> your reaction to being at the diner. It was, just, it was pure gold. But uh, so that's uh, that's New York. It's just, I mean, so many memories and uh, so much cool swag that we got got back and stuff. I'm actually going for my review section. I'm actually going to be reviewing a couple of comics that I picked up uh from the show um so that was cool it was just and there was so many i just i felt bad i mean i bought those i bought and i bought some other stuff but there was there was so many comics that i wanted to buy and i, I like i really like to sort of help out sort of the up-and-comers you know what i mean i mean they, they put their you know their 
blood, sweat, and tears into, into their into their work, and I want to help them out by buying their product. But I'm not rich; I can't buy everything, so I had to. Yeah. Dude, to, you bought some you know. quality sketches while you were there, though. Yeah, all the sketches the sketches were absolutely magnificent. I mean, I got the um, my idea. It was I had a, I bought a sketchbook and I numbered uh, I lettered each uh, page A to Z or Z. <laughs> so A to Z, and um, <laughs> and and my plan was to have. Um, each each artist do a sketch of the character with the letter that starts with that letter was, and um, you know, thankfully Eric Larson thought that was a cool idea. He's like, oh, he was like, well, look, so I don't want to, I don't want to take the S because obviously I would want, I would do Savage Dragon, you know what I mean? So I don't want to yeah. take the S because you, you I mean, you would want Spidey and stuff like that in there, right? And, and you know, and I was like, yeah, okay, well, what do you suggest then? And he goes, all right, well, I'll do. I'll compromise. I'll do Malcolm instead, who is Savage Dragon's son. So you get, he went to the M and he did a sketch of Malcolm Dragon, which was magnificent. So that was my very first sketch in that book was that. See, so he, he thought it was a cool idea. And yeah. um, and I got uh, Joe Eisman to do a sketch of uh, one of the Morning Glories characters. And her name starts with C, I think. Her name, is it Chelsea? Um, so I got a sketch of her in the C page. And uh, and sure enough, yes, I got Alex Saviak. The the one and only Alex Saviak. It's like a long running sort of uh, sort of joke amongst my friends that Alex Saviak is is my favourite Spidey artist, and uh, he was a great great guy. Um, he's he was just hilarious. We're actually going to go for a beer next time he comes to Oz, and uh, he and Crystal got along like a house on fire. And he was he was, he was a cool dude. And uh, sure enough, yeah, I got an Alex Saviak Spidey on the S page, which is just magnificent. And uh, and to top it all off, I got uh, a custom commission from. Uh, David Finch of uh, X23, which was just great stuff. Yeah, so that's so New York Comic Con, awesome. Um, New York, awesome. Um, and uh, I'm sure we'll mention it again. So I apologise if it starts to annoy people, but uh, it was a it was a, a big experience, and uh, and uh, I just can't say enough. Just the, my, my time with uh, you and Becca was awesome, dude. So thank you. Thank you, man. The next bit of news we've got is uh, an extra on the Batman versus Superman set has uh, risked <laughs> litigation uh, by uh, revealing some spoilers about the film. Now, I'm not going to actually mention these spoilers on, on, on the air here um, because I just I think it's a bit a bit rude. He's probably in a bit of trouble now, you know what I mean? So I mean, they all have to sign confidentiality clauses. And, uh, yeah, anyway, it was, it was, it was interesting. Yeah, David, give, it, give me a clue. Okay, I'll give you a clue. Um, you, know, you know Zack Snyder's a big fan of uh, the Dark Knight Returns comic? Yes. There is a certain character in that comic. No way, that's true. No, I, I already know the. I already know. I already know. Right. Sugar, I already know the spoiler. Okay, cool, this, good. I didn't realize that it came from somebody on set. That makes it a little more believable. Yes. But I read about this online, and I just don't think that this is true. I just can't imagine a movie, a movie-going non-comic book reading audience, like identifying with that character. No, over, I, I disagree. Over I mean, if that, I am excited. <laughs> I am excited about that, but I don't see normal people being excited about that. I think they'll be weirded out by it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they'll. Be, sh- I'm sure they'll be fine. I mean, I'm not a big fan of that particular character either, but it's still pretty cool. I mean, it's it's you know, it's as cool as all the rest of it is. I mean, I, I, I'm very much a, a wait and see on this movie because it's either going to be awesome or a complete disaster. Um, I think DC's doing good things with the TV shows right now. Maybe that should just be their niche: is that they. That they're making good television shows. Marvel's making good movies. 
and they should just they should just learn to 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 love it to learn they, to learn it. To you know they're not going to. You know, I mean, DC's re- revealed their upcoming movie slate for the next couple of yeah, years, yeah. and it's very Marvel. I mean, it's very Marvelized. Yeah, it is, yeah. You know, it, it's. I mean, I mean, the I mean, there's a Green Lantern movie, an Aquaman movie, a Flash movie, which is different to the Flash TV show, so it's not the same guy playing him. Um, it'll most likely be a new Green Latin. It won't be Ryan Reynolds again, let's face it. Which is a shame, because he was fine. He was the only fine thing in the movie. There was the rest of the movie that was terrible. Actually, no, Mark Strong was pretty cool. Uh, I mean, what else? I mean, the Justice League, so the two the two Justice League films. You know, it's just... you know, I, And most importantly, a Wonder Woman film. So they're, they're very much going the, the, the Marvel sort of route, like the shared universe. Yeah. And the TV and the movies are completely separate universes. Flash... Um, is different, like I said. Green Arrow, so uh, the guy that plays Green Arrow in the Arrow TV shows, I'd, I'd be very, sh- I'd strongly doubt he's going to show up in the Justice League film. Uh, it'd be right. cool if he does, but I doubt that he would. I really liked. Uh, I just last night I got hooked on Gotham. I watched it for the first time last night, and I watched four episodes. Really? Yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, I really dig it. I like it. Oh, well, that's good. I'm glad. I, I, I was digging it up until the point with the, uh, the. Vigilante that kills people with balloons. And I, was I like. like and I, I was liked like, it. Nah, I like that. Nah. It was silly. <laughs> it was silly, but I thought it was neat that I thought it was neat because it's a way of um, a Bruce is seeing um, young Bruce is seeing the wrong side of the vigilante. He's like, oh, he kills people, so that's why. That's why the public, or you know, that's why uh, Gordon disagreed with him because he kills people yeah but then you're seeing like the side of gordon where he's kind of like you know almost in batman mode where he's like you know there's this vigilante running around and and while he's you know while he's punishing people that i disagree with um he's still doing it outside the law you know and like you, you're kind of seeing um the the vigilante is is silly but you're seeing an important part of the two main characters and so that's why i like that episode See, that's the thing, though. I don't mind the silliness aspect of it, because let's face it, some of Batman's villains are ridiculous. But they've got the silliness aspect of it, but then they've got oh. the the serious police procedural drama that they're trying to do as well. And it just I just don't oh. think it matches. The show goes back and forth on that a lot, I feel like, yeah. because I don't think the show is as dark and gritty as I had heard it was. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it Well, for one thing, that episode, there was a scene in that episode that if this were not... If Gotham hadn't already won me over, I would have been. I would have turned it off and been like, "Yeah, I don't. I can't get into it." Because for me, little things bug me more yeah. than big things. Yeah. Um, and the one little thing in that episode, and out of all four episodes that I watched, this was the only thing. It really bugged me that they had no idea. Two supposedly brilliant detectives had no idea that whenever you, a weather balloon reaches a certain distance, it freezes and pops. Yeah. And the, they think that the bodies were in in like orbit around Earth forever. Like <laughs> this pothead tells them that the balloon's gonna pop and the bodies are gonna fall, and they act like they can't believe that that's a possibility. <laughs> yeah. And I just thought, like, God, like that is the dumbest scene out of all these out of all four episodes I've watched so far. That is the dumbest scene. But no, it's the only scene like that. I'll I'll forgive it. I'll forgive it. But yeah. I mean, but I, I mean, I'm, I'm with you with the, with the grim and gritty. It should it should be more grim and gritty than it actually is. And the balloon yeah. vigilante guy that should have been creepy, but instead it was comical, and that yeah. that sort of threw me off. Um, but I still watch the show. That being said, I still watch it because it's still. I mean, it's Batman. That's pretty cool. I really like Catwoman. Yeah. I, re- I really it's like the, the, good. Like I, I still like it. Like I, yeah. I, 
yeah, I see the flaws, but I still like it. Yeah, and I really love, I really love the guy playing Penguin. I think, I think uh, Oswald is the is an excellent character. I think they've overused him a little too much, but he is a cool character. So, but anyway, that's enough for Gotham. Um, so uh, next up on the news, we've got. The uh, Marvel comic plan. So Marvel comic universe has been uh, rebooted. We touched on this in uh, the videos, one of the videos that we recorded at the show. And um, so basically, there were some big announcements at New York Comic Con um, that they're doing. Their next major crossover is is Secret War. So they're going to revisit the Secret War concept, and it comes in after the Avengers storyline that's running at the moment that Hickman's doing called. Um, end of time or no more time i think it's called um or out of time something like that uh, and it's the the poster that, pro- that promoted it is fascinating in that it's uh well one it's an excellent piece of artwork because alex ross doing his thing you know what i mean when alex ross is on the top of his game there's no one better and uh what's interesting is that that poster show doesn't have any of the x-men in it um and no spidey is in it except for miles miles the ultimate spidey um so peter's not there uh, and um, no Fantastic Four. So you've got basically a whole a group of uh, yeah, sort of Avengers, Avengerish type characters sort of going at it. Which and and, uh, and it's it's the sort of superior Iron Man versus uh, Iron Man and Thor versus male Thor versus female Thor and sort of that sort of thing. Captain America, Steve Rogers, in and, and the Falcon and that sort of stuff. And and uh, it's a cool piece of artwork, but what it doesn't show is actually more interesting. And there's been a lot of speculation to that. And the most common one, of course, being that the characters that aren't in the poster are the ones that Marvel doesn't have the rights to in their cinematic universe. Now, exactly. That's, yeah. Yeah. It, whether that's true or not, I'm willing, I'm willing to bet that it is true and that yeah. they are basically sort of, losing focus on those characters and not just I mean obviously they're not going to cancel they're not going to cancel the Fantasy 4 I mean they are, they are rebooting it and they're going to reboot it with a new number 1 but not, I mean they're never going to cancel the Fantasy 4 completely forever it's their it's their first title it's their flagship title they're not going to do that um, they're obviously they're never going to cancel Spidey for, for a, a long period of time no, I mean so it just it would just be madness and the X-Men my god they're huge so these sort of these silly rumors that they're that they're going to you know stop producing these comics and you know because the character any character they produce doesn't belong to them anymore is is ridiculous. But that doesn't mean that they're not going to reduce the focus on them. They're not going to advertise them as much and and do most of the focus on the characters that they do have the film rights to in order to then sell the films. That makes it's perfect business sense. There's nothing wrong with that, and that, that's how I, 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 I'm fairly confident that's how it's going to go. Well, here's what I'm here's what I'm worried about. This is this was the subject I wanted to talk about when we were getting ready for the show. Cool. Um, the I'm worried. So, are they going to make a Civil War movie? Was that part of their docket, or do you think they're? You said that they're working yeah. on that for the Cap movies. Yeah. Well, they're they're working. So, Secret Wars, their next big thing, and they've also released a, a teaser uh, ad, uh, which is very interesting, called Civil War which shows the Civil War era Iron Man and Captain America's uh, Captain America fighting over Spidey, who's in his Civil War Iron Spider suit. Um, really? Yeah, it's a fascinating teaser, it, because it, it, what, does it, what does it mean? That, like, basically, they haven't said what it actually means. Are they going to redo the Civil War storyline? Which would be ridiculous. I mean, it's already it's been done. There's no point in re- rebooting yeah, it. Yeah, I think they um, should just do it the same. But that's are they going to revisit it? You know, what that sort of thing? Robert Downey Jr. has signed on to appear in Captain America 3. There's the, the biggest the biggest rumour that's going on at the moment is that Captain America 3 is going to be 
a modified version of the Civil War storyline. And obviously they can't have Spidey in it because they don't have the rights to it. Um, That's what I'm worried about. Yeah. Well, there's, there, there won't be no Spidey. But let's, Spidey's not that pivotal part of the Civil War story. I mean, it's no, the conflict. He's, he's he is like the relatable character. He's the oh, character's... I totally, he's totally agree. He's awesome, but the, the story, the, the, the he's part of the story is awesome. I'm, I'm with you. But if you took him out of the story, the story would still work. I mean, the story is still about freedom, and like, like the story would still work. Yes, it still yeah. has a beginning, a middle, and end without Spidey. But like to me, Spidey was my favorite part of the story. Yeah, and I think he's the most relatable. Like if they want the audience to relate to the character on screen, yeah, and Cap is going to be 100 percent one side. Iron Man is going to be 100% the other side, and then Spidey is the one that's in the middle, and he's the relatable one. Yeah, and I, agree, I agree totally, but they can't do it, so they're going to have to do something else. So either they got have Disney it. money, man. Sorry? They got Disney money, man. <laughs> that would they be, it would be cool. If, if Spidey had a cameo, it would be magnificent. It would be a milestone of cinematic achievement, but I just do not see it happening. <laughs> but you said, so you just said that they had a, a, a teaser... Yeah. That had Spidey in it. And yeah, the, how uh, weird. Yeah. So, like, that's that's got to be a clue that Spider-Man's going to be in there somehow. It, it, what, it's a clue, but it, what is it a clue to? I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying you're wrong. I, I mean, I actually hope that you're right. I, I really do, because, you know, as everybody knows, huge Spidey I fan. I think I'm wrong, but I hope hard that... Yeah, it, I hope I don't you're think right. how they can do it without it. Yeah. And it, and it raises a huge question, because um, more than just, like, oh, will the story work with or without him, it raises the question of, like, can Disney buy the movie rights from Sony or work out some sort of temporary agreement or can they just use them anyway as long as it's not, you know, as long as it's not, um, you know, Andrew Garfield and it's not their version of Spider-Man. You know what I mean? No. Like, it's, they can't, they won't be able to use a character called Spider-Man. It's just, they won't, that won't happen. Uh, Disney buying the rights of Spider-Man off Sony will not happen unless they fork out a ridiculous amount of money and it, there's no reason for them to do that. Um, Sony's on a cash cow they're not going to let it go but the, the the idea of yours that I do like is do they then come up with some sort of arrangement I mean that that can happen Freddy versus Jason Alien versus Predator yeah that's true that can I, happen I don't know I hope they make it happen somehow <laughs> I hope they make it happen too man it'd be awesome so the, I, the idea I, of, of, the, of the Civil War storyline being done on the big screen will be magnificent I love the idea of it yeah coming to the big screen because Whenever Civil War was the hot thing on the shelf, that was in the height of my, ex- ex- you know, disposable income. Whenever I was still living at home yeah. and I had a job after school, and they were doing those half covers where it said Civil War on the bottom, and then they had the picture on the top. Yeah. Even if it was a book I wasn't reading, if it had that half cover, dude, I bought it. I bought every single Civil War. <laughs> Same here, man. I bought I bought all the hard covers. They released them all as a, a series of five. Four or five hardcover collections. I bought every single one of them. If this movie comes out, I'm selling the whole lot. We'll just <laughs> we'll auction it off on the show somehow. <laughs> <laughs> but I really liked I really liked the story. And but but Peter Parker was what I liked about it. And if the yeah. movie doesn't have Peter Parker, I I don't know. I mean I don't know that I'll enjoy it just because I know that he was in the comic and he's not in the movie. And probably what they'll do the easiest thing for them to do would be to just come up because Peter Parker's role is not impossible. They could have, uh, you know, they could put Wolverine. Nope, that's not right. That would be still on Sony's property. They could put no, somebody Fox. else in yeah. that role. Yeah, that's, well, that's, that's, that's what I'm saying. They could replace his character. So that's that's what I was trying to get to right at the very start there is it's not, it's not, it's not 
vital that Spider-Man be part of the storyline. You just need to have, like you were saying, a relatable character be part of the storyline. It'll probably be Hawkeye. <laughs> Hawkeye will just side with Cap. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That's the easiest thing to do is just for them to make it somebody else, uh, you know, and I really hate that. There's plenty <laughs> There's plenty of other characters that could do it. I mean, they could use Speedball for crying out loud. Who cares? Any character could fill, could fill that niche. But I'm willing to bet they actually don't even bother going with that. It'll just be Captain America versus Iron Man, and that's all there is to it. Um, but we'll see how it goes. And the, and the idea of bringing Secret War back is pretty cool. I'm very interested to see how it goes. And some exciting times ahead. Yeah, uh, I'm... I'm- digging these like relaunch things they're doing it seems weird that secret wars not secret wars but um it seems weird that civil war is is only like 10 years old like it's not that old it seems weird to relaunch yeah, it's about it, 10 but... years old isn't it yeah I, just, I, I don't think they're gonna relaunch it i think i i don't know i'm getting I'm, I'm even thinking just off the top of my head that it's somehow time related oh that would be neat that they maybe revisit that period and and see if they can actually change the way they behaved I, I don't know we'll see maybe even stop bill foster from dying i'm not sure we'll see how it goes it's an interesting interesting period that brings us to our last uh, bit of news uh and it, it's a huge one it only just happened in the last couple of days it was it's uh, really exciting stuff the avengers 2 trailer uh was released it was at, actually it was at first it was leaked um and uh, the original the original plan from marvel was to show it uh, at this, uh, during a Marvel Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episode. Um, and that was thra- that was thwarted when it was actually leaked online. And I didn't know this at the time. I just It was just up. So I was like, hey, I watched it. It was all good. And then it was taken down and then, take, then put back up again on Marvel's official YouTube channel. And I think that's a smart move. It's, I mean, the cat's out of the bag now, you know what I mean? It's already out there. And it's like, well, you know, it's a little bit earlier than we originally planned. We did want to use it during Marvel Agent of Shear, which would have been cool, but it's there. Let's put it up. And it's it is magnificent. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. It's uh it's it's got a, there's a lot of speculation about it. It's uh uh it's the highlights for me are James Spader's voice. I mean I've always been a big fan of James Spader as an actor. Just his voiceover during it is as Ultron is just is magnificent. I really like the use of the song from Pinocchio, uh the no strings song. Which has this sort of this sort of creepy sort of alternate take on it, and uh, which and Ultron actually quotes it uh, in the film itself as awesome stuff. There are no strings on me. And there's a whole bunch a whole bunch of speculation about what the scenes actually mean. It's the usual sort of thing when a, when a trailer comes out. And I'm not immune to it. I've got to tell you, it's uh, I was I've been picking this trailer apart. Some of the scenes that I'm really the most excited about are they show a scene of some ballerinas. Now, there's, I've heard two trains of thought on that. Uh, that it's a flashback that Black Widow is going to have a, a much more prominent role in the film, and that you can go you can sort of get set the sense of that from the trailer. She's in quite a lot of the scenes, um, and so that flashback would be her time in the uh i can't believe i can't remember if it's called the red room or the white room but the, basically the room where there's the facility where they condition her and turn her into the black widow um so if that's the case that's awesome uh the other the- theory on that particular scene is that that's actually the scarlet witch's past and that she was a ballerina when she was taken by hydra i, I think i prefer the black widow one uh, but there's plenty of other stuff you've got the hulkbuster so uh johannesburg and it is actually johannesburg it's not it's not johannesburg pretending to be another city they are actually in johannesburg so um johannesburg gets destroyed uh, and what looks like it is a fight between the hulkbuster armor and the hulk so the hulk goes on a bit of a rampage that 
that's, that's going to be magnificent to see. There is other the other rumor is that, that the city's destroyed by Ultron by the by the drones themselves and and the the whole yeah. Avengers. Um, that's most likely going to be true as well. It'll probably be a combination of the two. Who knows? But uh, the introduction of uh, of Ultron himself when he first comes out out of he basically he's basically he's cobbled himself together with a whole bunch of you know Iron Man suit uh, armor pieces and he just it's just a creepy ass like he comes out and. It says what he says to all the people that are gathered, and it's interesting. Also, all the people that are gathered in that scene, there's quite a lot of people there. Uh, it's hard to see, but actually, it looks like Jane Foster is actually there, and Maria Hill. So it's, there's like nine people. It's not just the Avengers; it's a whole group of people. So that's that's pretty cool. And uh, going back to the Johannesburg thing, the Johannesburg is uh, South Africa would be pretty close to Wakanda, and at some point in the trailer, uh, Ultron has molten metal over him which, if it's based on the comic sort of stuff, is vibranium. So Ultron covers himself in vibranium at some point, um, and I think later on in the comics he then covers himself in adamantium at some point, which is, which is pretty cool. But uh, since adamantium doesn't exist in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, they see the Fox movies. So the Disney Marvel movies, it doesn't exist. They're going to have vibranium, which is what Cap's shield is made out of. So um, adamantium is in, the, is in the Fox X-Men movies. But, so it's funny that he's covered in multiple metal, which I think is him covering himself in vibranium, which means a trip to Wakanda which means the introduction of the Black Panther, which is awesome, one of my favourite characters. Um, and you also you also see a scene with uh, Andy Serkis. Now, Andy Serkis said that he did some motion capture work, but he actually also appears as, as an actor, as a character. And uh, the most conjecture on that is that he's playing Ulysses Claw, which makes sense because he does kind of look look the, the human comic counterpart of uh, Ulysses Claw. And if, if that is actually true, then that's another link to Wakanda because he's you know, obsessed with vibranium as well, which then is another link to Black Panther. So everything points to the Black Panther possibly being a, making a, a, a part of this film. I heard they were supposed to introduce him at some point anyway. Yeah, so if, if he's introduced in this, I'm willing to bet he's in Captain America 3 and is part of the Civil War yeah. storyline. So, yeah, I bet. So yeah, so it was a cool trailer. Oh yeah, I mean, you covered it. I thought it was a cool looking trailer. I just watched it real quick before we... We get on the air, and actually, I think I must have gotten a shorter trailer. I I didn't see the ballerina scene. Oh, there you go. And all. It's um, it's, it comes it comes after the uh, it's a bit where the Hulk is being a bit tender to uh, Black Widow. So I, I think at some point she maybe calms him down a bit. Um, there's a bit of speculation that she might actually be in a relationship with Bruce Banner. Um, so that'd mm. be pretty fascinating. Uh, but. Uh, uh, after yeah, after that you see the actual. Uh, there's a, there's two flashback scenes. There's Captain America in World War Two, um, yeah. and the ballerina sequence. So uh, there's there's one one piece of conjecture that I've read online is that Ultron has the time gem, and actually uses it to actually put them back in time into these sort of periods. Um, I don't think that's true. I I think it would be Ultron himself. That's a the, lot to explain in one. Yeah, movie. he he just Ultron Ultron himself is a major major threat like he's a world extinction event so the and his ability to control machines and you know hack the network and all that sort of stuff so having him also have a time gen is pretty yeah. full on so i mean that's that's kind of almost uh, the odds are stacked too much against the avengers to come through so um i don't think he actually does i think they are actually ju- just flashbacks so um but you know hey i could be wrong could be completely wrong oh, all of this is conjectures i could be completely wrong but and uh but Damn, I'm excited to find out, though. Cool, so that's it for the news. Uh, so let's, uh, let's move on to some reviews. And first up, we've got Bo with Snowpiercer. A guy at work has been raving about this movie for the last couple of days. And I had like this like business um, orientation thing that I had to do um, yesterday. 
which is a great way to spend your day off, by the way, <laughs> uh, listening to some orientation over TeamSpeak or whatever it was. And um, so I figured while that's going on my laptop, and I'm not really listening to them, I would watch uh, the movie Snowpiercer on my desktop um, to finally knock it out and um, and watch it so I could uh, talk to my coworkers about it that are raving about it. And um, I figured I could review it on this show. So um, my review may be a little distracted because I was actually, you know, meant to be listening to the uh, orientation instead of watching the movie. <laughs> so you um, just revealed it on air that you were, in fact, watching a film instead of paying attention. The person doing the orientation like wasn't, like, in California or somewhere. I had no idea. I was just one out of a hundred, you know, people. <laughs> on there. Um, but anyway, so with that in mind, um, Snowpiercer actually was made. It's a 2013 film. Um, I thought it was newer than this. I guess it maybe was recently released on Blu-ray. I don't know why everybody's raving about it, like, right now. Um, it must have just recently been released on Blu-ray. Um, but it's written and directed by Jun-ho Bong, um, who also played the character... Oh, my goodness. His character name is crazier than his real name. Nam, Nam-Gung Mintso. He, uh, he was the guy that opened the gates. Yep. It's an, a futuristic movie. It's set in the year 2031. And the planet has been frozen over by a failed climate change experiment where they were trying to introduce something into the atmosphere that would kind of dissolve some of the CO2, and um, they mistakenly just froze the entire planet. Um, and there's this train that is has been in motion for 18 years, and essentially, as far as the people on the train know and as far as we watching the movie know, um, there's probably nobody else alive on the planet. Like basically the whole world has been reduced to this one train that travels a cycle of a year. Um, it, it takes an entire year to make its you know rotation. Um, I think that the train was like in Russia or somewhere. I can't remember where it goes around for an entire year. cycle. And um, the back of the train kind of like in the beginning prior to, prior to the movie taking place were cut off from the front of the train and there was no food. Um, they were ran out of food and was like eating each other and stuff. And then, um, the war doctor guy, um, what's his name? John Hurt. John Hurt. Yeah. Yeah. John Hurt was, um, sort of the leader of the back of the train group. And he, I don't know if I want to spoil the ending, but he, he did a really noble thing to help, um, you know, to help his people, um, stop eating each other and he kind of like sort of started building order among the back of the train well anyway at some point the front of the train um, gets in contact with the back of the train again they start establishing you know communication they start establishing um, um, a food source which is these gross jelloey looking black bricks yeah. uh, that they later find out is like cockroaches or something <laughs> they found up and, made, and made these bricks out of um and uh, anyway, they're really gross anyway. You don't want to eat it, but that's all they've been able to eat for like 18 years. And um, there's this um, hierarchy of the people at the front of the train, you know, are such a higher class and there's such a gap in disparity from the people on the back of the train. And so the movie has this heavy-handed commentary throughout the whole thing. And now while I agree with most of the points that the movie makes... Um, I thought it was really heavy-handed, the whole social commentary. It was not subtle at all. Um, I think that it is more subtle. In, it kind of has the same, the same sort of um, scenario that's in um, 
Hunger Games. It's kind of the same. It's kind of the same social commentary that's in the Hunger Games, but less heavy-handed. Yeah. Um, but it was an entertaining movie. I thought that the the movie shot well. I liked the look of it. Um, I really enjoyed the ending, the kind of the climax of the film at the end. Again, without spoiling it, it's they they really encapsulate. Like, they really build this idea in your head that to from this perspective, this is the train is the entire world. Like from mm. their perspective. There is nothing beyond, like, this is their existence, is this train on this track. And um, I really like the idea of that. I think it's a really neat concept. And the ending of the movie, I, you know, I can't spoil it, but the action sequence at the end, just the, with the knowledge of how important the train is, the sort of the end sequence, it just makes it that much more, like, important. And you really feel that when you're watching it. And it's, and it's a really entertaining movie. It's, it's, a, it's a fun ride to watch. I would recommend almost anybody watch the movie. Um, but three things I didn't like it about it are pretty big plot holes. Like, um, there's some really significant, you know, details that they kind of, you know, they built nuance in these characters. And, like, the character from the back of the train that, you know, I was talking about how he um, he did a really noble thing, which you have to watch the movie if you want to see what it is. But he did a really noble thing. And then at the end of the movie, you're led to believe that he made a different decision that does the complete opposite of that. And it's like, it just seemed <laughs> to really contradict his character yeah. like in a huge way. Like the fundamental part of this character, you just contradicted within the hour, within a span of an hour of watching the movie. They, they build us, they completely contradicted the character. It just, the movie kind of has those kinds of flaws like in it. Like it just, it this to me, the storyline just has, you know, just plot holes. And it, it is hard to talk about them without revealing the ending. But it just, um, it to me, it was a really good movie that built up for the end. And then the end was just a reach. Like they really had to reach for what they said the conclusion of the movie was. Do you kind of agree with that, David? Yeah, I totally agree. I, it was, uh, it's... It was an inter- uh, started off quite entertaining, and uh, you know I'm always a, always good to see Chris Evans, and it has an interesting an interesting but like you said heavy handed message, um, really? and and as the film progresses, and uh, I use that word intentionally, so as as they progress, as a bit of a clue yeah, where um, we should mention that they're working yeah. their way to the front of the train. Yeah, I didn't want to I didn't want to say that, but that's right. That's high school. Um, so as they that's progress, I think you figure that out. Yeah, yeah. First. So they progress to the front of the train, and they find out that the class distinction between the the front half and the yeah. and the back half. I um, mean, like you said, it's very heavy handed. Um, but yeah, that ending is uh, at first at first you know pretty cool, and then ridiculous. Yeah, it. it I really yeah. I really enjoyed John Hurt's character a lot, and then and then they. It seemed like they were really developing a really cool character, and and like I could see where they were going with it, and then and then the ending just it just kind of like was contradictory to what they just spent an hour and a half trying to explain to me about the guy, you know, and it just yeah, it was just really kind of a letdown. But it's a fun movie, like it's a good like one time watch. You will enjoy yourself for the whole thing, but I don't know. It's one of those movies. It's like The Dark Knight Rises, like. It's fun while you're watching it. It entertains you, and that's what it's meant to do. So it's not necessarily a failure. It's just whenever you think about it later, you're gonna go, "Yeah, the movie's kind of bad." You know, it's just like in, in the moment though, you're gonna love it, but then you're gonna think back on it and you're gonna say, "Nah, it's it's really not good." Do you, do you have a, a rating? Rating? At the very least, you could say uh, the movie was intended to be entertaining, and it succeeded at that. Um, so I mean, I would say it's a two out of five, and that's a I think it's a gracious two out of five. I, I think, 
think I'm actually being lenient on it. No, two, two, two out of five is a, is a fair score, I think. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm willing to go with that. Cool. Thank you for that. On to me. Now, like I said, I'm going to review a couple of a couple of comics that I got from New York Comic Con and also a game. I'm actually going to do a game review just for the fun of it. Uh, one of the comics that I got was Night of the 80s Undead. Oh, which, that's so good. Which is... Uh, so I got, oh, you it, got that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's cool. It's um, Story, Colors, and Letter Assist by Jason Martin and Pencils by Bill McKay. Uh, and I actually got to meet Bill, and uh, he signed the copy for me, and he was a cool dude. He's the, he's the guy behind uh, Zombies vs. Cheerleaders, uh, yeah. which is a bit of silly fun. It's not the greatest... You're- Con book of the world but, nice but sorry said he's a heroes con every year he's a really nice guy oh yeah he was a he's a cool dude and uh and uh yeah i i, I enjoy his work for what it is uh night I, I was i was drawn to night of the 80s undead because of uh i'm a child of the 80s so getting to see that sort of stuff was pretty cool and and uh so you know people like you know tom Selleck and arnold and as zombies is pretty always pretty interesting so, a bit of fun stuff it's available as a trade so uh, i recommend you check it out if your local comic shop doesn't have it then uh, by all means ask them to get it in it's from uh, action label comics it's pretty cool nice nice I, I like the art style it's very cool uh the other comic i got is from jerome walford uh, and it's called nowhere man uh it's uh from forward comics and it's basically deals with it's a series of sort of mini trades it's like each each book is um, three to four issues. Uh, and so it's written and illustrated uh, by Jerome um, and uh, edited by a bunch of other people. And it basically deals with uh, a cop um, called Jack who is a bit of a bit of a rascal. <laughs> I guess he is. He's, you know, he's your classic. So he's your classic sort of you know TV cop. You know, he, he, diso- he disobeys the rules in order to get the job done. And and uh, you know he's he's uh, he's sleeping with his partner who just so happens to be. Uh, related to the police chief who hates him and and uh he's a very he's a, he's a, he's a real go-getter and and he's actually kind of kind of arrogant he's, he's like it's like you know i know i'm great and and uh i'm gonna do everything i can to prove it and you know be a hero and all that sort of stuff he's that sort of that sort of guy you wouldn't really want him as a friend but he's pretty good to have around in a tough situation uh now the thing is though is that he had a accident in the past that gave him superpowers the artwork is uh, is is serviceable. It's it's quite. It's, it's pretty good. It's uh, I mean it's it's understandable and clear. I, I do like the the page layouts. I mean it's easy to follow. Each character is distinct, so there's no sort of you know forgetting who people are. And it's like oh this guy looks the same as that guy. It's actually quite well done that way. Um, the story itself is 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 you know it's okay. It's pretty good. It does what it does. If anything, my only real complaint would be that. Um, there's no real mystery in Jack's powers. It's explained in uh, book two, so chapter four or five, I'd say, exactly how his powers work and and why. And actually, I just wouldn't have done it that way personally. It's just, it gets it's actually revealed in um, a one page sort of biography type thing. So kind of a remember the all uh, the uh, official handbook of the marvel universe type thing so it's a sort of, yeah. sort of a thing like that where it's basically just got this one page uh which sort of explains it basically it tells you exactly what the deal is with jack's abilities and and why you know the certain things happen to him and i just i think it just sort of takes away a little bit from sort of the progression of the story because up until that point you know that jack's got powers and you know that he blacks out every now and again 
he sort of wakes up in these you know bizarre locations. He like he wakes up in an alley or something or whatever the case may be, and in his in his tired and he has no what what happened to him why why he blacked out, and he he does know that whenever he uses his abilities that uh, it's almost like someone's trying to possess his body and take him over. And I saw that I saw I thought it was really cool. I thought it, was, it sort of harkens back to one of my favorite periods of Spider Man comics where uh, he got the first the the black symbiote suit for the first time and the symbiote was while he was trying to sleep the symbiote would take over and then take him <laughs> through new york you know beating up criminals and just swimming around the city and stuff it was really it was a really cool little sort of period of spidey history and so i thought it was a uh, i was thinking that it was a similar sort of thing like that so that, that he was that that whatever gave him the source of his powers was actually taking over him and sort of going out and fighting crime and stuff and it turns out that turns out to actually be the case but in a slightly different way even though that's a cool idea I would have dragged that out as a mystery throughout the course of the story. But hey, it's not my story. It's uh, Jerome Walford's story, and that's, that's the way he chose to do it. So um, up, up until that point, I, I was I was very entertained, and, uh, and yeah, I recommend him. So check him out. Nowhere Man, Jerome Walford. And last thing review is uh, a game, like I said. So I just uh, recently acquired a PlayStation 4 uh, on my return back home, and uh, the, very, the, the main reason I wanted to get one... Uh, was uh well a i got it cheap so that's cool uh but also i wanted i desperately wanted to play the game alien isolation which came out while i was in the states so um it was uh really really exciting i'm a huge alien uh alien universe fan as i just i mean i basically love everything about it and the alien itself and one of my favorite villains of all time is the xenomorph um so when this game was announced uh, i was more than excited it's basically the game that I'm just surprised no one's done it. I mean, it's a survival horror game set in the Alien universe. And that's essentially all the first Alien movie is. I mean, it's a survival horror movie. It's absolutely brilliant. So the fact that someone actually did this. And plus it manages to take away some of the the pain of the Colonial Marines game that came out um, a couple of years back, which is an absolute piece of rubbish. So avoid at all costs. Uh, So this uh, Alien Isolation uh, is coming out, come out from Sega... Um, was being published by Sega and uh, deals with Alan Ripley's daughter Amanda. Uh, so Amanda is introduced into the into the, the films themselves in Aliens. So when Alan come Alan is uh, rescued from her drift through space after eighty seven years after the events of Alien, uh, she it's revealed to her that Amanda basically lived you know a long life and you know grew old and died of old age and uh, and she's quite disappointed to be quite upset about that which is understandable uh so this game sort of deals with the period in between that so uh the nostromo has been destroyed and alan ripley is is adrift in space and amanda is trying to find her um which is i think is an excellent idea um and it's i didn't quite hear the the voice what the character in the game said it's either 50 years or 15 years after the events of the of the nostromo i will not bet it's 15 years um and Amanda has um, hooked up with a, a group who are going to uh, a space station and because the people on the space station have retrieved the Nostromo's black box. So Amanda thinks that finding that will um, give her some clues to, to what actually happened to the Nostromo and where her, where her mother is. Um, she does, I mean, she's not convinced that her mother is dead. And she's right, as it turns out. Um, so being considering Amanda is uh, part of... Uh, official canon already and we know what happened to her um a little bit of the drama of the survival horror is is sort of taken away because you know that a man is not going to die 
because you know that she yeah. lives to a grand old age. So that sort of, it does, sort of slightly does detract from it. And the 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 fact that you're going to when you get to this sub when you get to this space station, you find it you know just, it's destroyed and everything's you know in uh, it's basically breaking apart in orbit and you know everything's gone to up shit creek. You know what I mean? So and that there's an alien on board. Now it's there's no that's no spoiler. I mean it's it's on the bloody back cover. <laughs> so it's I mean it's pretty obvious that's what's going to happen. So that so and so the fact that you know how the alien operates and and you know that it's there does slightly attract detract from it as well. I mean basically I, I spent the first hour or so just basically essentially waiting for the alien to show up um but they are very minor quibbles i mean i've only played the game for a couple of hours now um, i basically i've played it i've played it long enough for when the alien does show up and my god that is a magnificent achievement it's just even though i knew it was going to happen the cover i mean the, the game itself practically tells you that it's going to happen it is just still it's an amazing experience. I, I love survival horror games. Um, I, I just love that sort of that, like being creeped out sort of thing. I love the Alien universe. The combination of the two is is magnificent, and they've gone all out on this game to make it as creepy as hell. In the in the way that the Alien movie is, I mean, the Alien, the first Alien movie, is really not that out and out scary, but it is creepy. And that's what this game, you know, accomplishes so well. The characters are all excellent. Amanda herself is brilliant. The graphics are, are so well done. Just the atmosphere itself. It is when you first step onto the the ship that she's on before, while she's traveling through the space station. I think the ship's called the the Torrens. It's, it's basically it's a set out of the movie. It's just magnificent when you first wake up out of the, out of your, your hibernation pod. Absolutely brilliant stuff. And I just and it, from then on, I was just I was blown away from at every single point up there. It's. Amazing game, check it out. Like I said, I'm only, I'm only a couple of hours in. I'm actually, I'm up to, I played it up until the point where the alien first appears, and because that's all the time that I had. Uh, but uh, it is holy crap! It's just a highlight of my gaming career. Brilliant stuff. I just can't wait to jump back into it. I'm going to jump back into it after we finish recording this. I, I mean, I can't really give it a rating, but uh, I, just, I can't wait to get back to it. Okay, so that's it for the reviews. Next up, we've got... Uh, there's no Contest of Champions this episode. I don't know if you, if you noticed at the start there, there was no Contest of Champions. Because, uh, quite frankly, it's just not as much fun when Crystal's not here. So it's the same without Crystal. Yeah, it's just not the same. So, <laughs> Contest of Champions will make its triumphant return uh, the next time we have uh, Bo on. So, so, next up, we actually have a Azerothian Times. Yes, sir. Azerothian Times. All right, we've got a lot to get through for Azerothian times, so uh, bear with us. You know what we're like, big fans. But uh, a pretty major event happened uh, while while we were in in New York. Uh, so yeah. the uh, patch six six point zero point two came out. It's been titled the Iron Tide, um, and is is like every single time they release an expansion, it's the it's basically the lead up to the expansion. Um, it's the Iron Horde have. Uh, come through the the portal and have basically destroyed Netherguard Keep as, as they do you know because that's what they're, that's what they're meant to do and uh, they've uh, based and Thrall is there and he's asked that the heroes uh, level 90 heroes go there and um, and uh, help out and basically just do a couple of little short little quests um, the patch also made some pretty major changes uh, to uh, classes so some classes are now actually completely different warcraft's no stranger to class changes i mean they've changed 
it changed you know what what people a lot of people call like to call nerfing uh, throughout the the history of, of the game but this there's some of the changes in this patch have actually surprised me of just how wide reaching they are um uh, that's and that's and that's nothing. This this patches introduced a whole bunch of stuff. Mostly, the most evident is uh, stat squishing. So what they've done is they've because the numbers in the game were just starting to get a bit ridiculous um, when people were hitting for millions and millions of damage. It was starting to get a bit a bit a bit ridiculous in terms of the numbers on the screen and and just trying to keep track of all these things. So they've done what's called stat squishing, which is they've basically they've reduced. Um, the way stats look on the screen uh, back to sort of back to the, to the good old days. Like, I mean, I was quite surprised to see that my some of my armor had like a, an agility of, of 80 on there instead of, you know, yeah, yeah. So, so it's, it's, so it's, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of weird at first, but it makes perfect sense, dude. You know what I mean? It's like millions and yeah. millions of zeros all over the screen. It just started to get very ridiculous. So it actually, so, it is. It's a lot more simpler. It makes a lot of sense. And if anything, it's 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 nothing strange, really. It's the same. I mean, you're still doing insane it's damage. Same. Yeah, just it's, looks it's different. The same. It's just yeah. the way it's it's red is different. You know exactly. I mean? The integer is different now. Yeah, and so you know, it's basically essentially the same. But there's also it's, it's also also other things have been um, have been introduced and or changed in order to you know, make the way for uh, the upcoming Wall of the Drain or patch. Uh, but like I said, yeah, the class changes. So I mean, I, I my main is a hunter, and uh, there's been quite a few changes in there. I'm actually now more powerful, which is interesting. Um, it's it's pretty weird, and I know I am because there's one particular. I, I like to solo Nax um, instructor Rav Rav Ravinovius. I don't know whatever the instructor guy. He used to be even at ninety with my with my gear, uh, my hunter. It's it used to be a challenge. It wasn't. I mean, I used to win every time, but at least it was a bit. It was interesting because it was, you know, a bit of a challenge. He was quite tough. But after the patch, I went back there as my as I usually do to try and get the the bow that he drops, and I absolutely annihilated him. Like it was over so quickly that I actually I actually thought well, something was wrong. I thought it was I wasn't in there as twenty five or twenty five man. I thought I'd gone in there by ten man by accident. So it was kind of weird. So I actually am more powerful. But they've changed. Um, they've one of the things they've done with all these things is to try to reduce the amount of buttons that you have to click. Um, which for a hunter is weird because I really only clicked like four different buttons, you know, so because I'm, I'm a beast mastery hunter and so my, my pet does most of the work. So, I mean, the, the standard rotation was to Serpent Sting and then basically just, you know, Arcane Shot and and whatever the other one was called, Cobra Shot, you know what I mean? So, but they've taken away uh, Serpent Sting and so I found that my whole rotation kind of went a bit weird. But I've gotten used to it, so I'm cool with it now. I mean, it hasn't affected me anywhere near as much as it's affected quite a lot of other people. Um, including mages, which is your main. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I made a frost mage, and probably out of the out of the three classes, it's probably the least changed. Yeah. Um, and basically, my main rotation, like the main thing that I do, is the same. Yeah. Um, but all of the all of the side stuff that was kind of like just to help, like as a mage, it's all about procs. Like you, um. You proc um, ice lance, yeah, and um, and uh, frostfire bolts, and basically everything you do is to try to make that happen more often than not. And the uh, the extra things that I would do to make that happen, they took away. So now basically, you it, the the rotation is so much easier that 
I kind of I kind of don't like it. I mean, I still I still play my mage, and I think that'll be my main going into the next expansion. Um, just because there's so many like quality of life things that I just like about being a mage as opposed to other classes. Um, it seems to be the funnest solo class because you can, um, you know, you can port different places and, and make food and things like that. It's good to be out on your own as a mage. It's, it's, it makes things easy. Um, but I kind of liked how mage was before. It seems like I would always tell people like mage is the easiest class to learn and then to really be good at it. You, you kind of have to know how to master your cooldowns and, and things like that. And they took all those cooldowns away now. I mean, it's it's really it's really quite simple. But right, you got to think about it this way too. We're ten levels away from the max level. Like right now, the max level is ninety. But whenever Warlords comes out, which what is all this is preparing for, um, the max level will be a hundred. And so I mean, we're going to get a whole new ability at a hundred, and um, you know possibly. Some of our current abilities are going to change across those ten levels, and our rotation may actually change, you know, at a hundred compared to what it is today. So I mean, yeah, at a hundred, mage might not be as simple as it is right now, but right now it's pretty damn simple. <laughs> yeah, that's been that's been one of the major complaints is is that it's actually now too easy, and and I have to agree with that. And it's kind of taken away some of the enjoyment, you know what I mean? And so my pet goes in and basically does all the does all the work, and I just sort of keep back. So. Um, but like you said, yeah, I mean we're at we're at ninety and the new cap is is hundred and you've got the things called the perks. So Warlord of Drain is going to in, in, introduce the perk the the drain or perks, um, which will alter the way you know our abilities work and, and introduce new abilities and and uh, and so I'm not I'm really I'm not really not that upset about it. I'm not as upset about it as as some people are because their classes are completely different. Like I can understand why fire mages and um, demonology warlocks are upset because their classes are now basically completely different. Uh, I mean, I mean, I, I have a fire mage, and and I actually I didn't even know what I was doing. Like I, the first time I logged into, I went and did the headless horseman instance, and I did practically nothing the entire group. I felt bad because I just I didn't know. I mean, some of my stuff was gone, and it was in different things, and it, it actually does different things. And I was like, what am I doing here? And so I basically just sort of stood there spamming you know, scorch, like a spam scorch, which is a complete noobish fire mage thing to do you know what i mean so i had to do some research on on how they work now and i just i just don't like the way they work now i'll be honest with you actually i actually respect one of my mages because i've got three mages so and they were all fire so i've respect one (laughs) (laughs) three mages all fire (laughs) yeah yeah, it's silly it's silly i had three mages on three different servers and they were all fire for some reason so i respect one of them to arcane and i respect the other one to ice so now i've got one of each just to see which one i sort of prefer the most and at the moment it's arcane is winning by far Arcane. i've always i've always liked frost frost to me just always felt like even just not even from just from a lore standpoint yeah i just thought that fire was a little to me fire seems like something you'd pick as like you know, like if you were young, like fire would be cool. And ice, <laughs> ice is more mature than fire. You were calling me a noob. Is that what you said? <laughs> I don't know. And uh, well, I think you made your choices based on actual gameplay and not like you know what you feel about mages. <laughs> yeah, I like. I, I think. I think if you go if you're going with lore type stuff, I think arcane works better for mages. Uh, but I just like the way fire looks in Warcraft. <laughs> That's basically all it is. I just think fire looks awesome. I might switch to arcane though. I might switch at least before the actual expansion drops. I might play with it and see if I like it. Yeah. Uh, And between ninety and one hundred, I'll probably play with it and see if I like it. But well, arcane's now nowhere near as complicated. So that's why I went to it, and it does, and it looks awesome. Um, But and also, and and I don't, I don't have a demonology warlock because I wasn't just wasn't a fan. But 
man, they got slammed. So the fact that they're upset, I can I can understand that. It's pretty freaky yeah. stuff. I haven't yeah. even played my Paladin yet. Yeah, our oh, Paladin Retribution, Retribution Paladin is essentially the same. Oh, I hated Rich. I hated Red. Uh, <laughs> Red's awesome. I'll- Red, Red is Red is basically insta win. Like <laughs> Red is Red. So you just you can't be killed as Red. It's ridiculous. Um, so, but there's also after the changes they changed. Um, they introduced the um, the uh, appearance. So some of the character models are now different. And I've got to tell you, the human the humans now look kind of weird to me. I don't know what it is. <laughs> it's well, the very it first the, after I did the patch. And logged in, logged in for the first time. The very first character that appeared on my screen was my human female priest, and I was actually kind of like, "Whoa, <laughs> what's happened here?" <laughs> it's uh, it's just it's not right. But I've, I've slowly gotten used to it, so that's cool. I actually had to change. I actually went to the barber shop to change my Death Knight's appearance because his facial hair, hair used to just be a like a goatee, but for some strange reason the bottle looked weird and the goatee was half his face. I don't know if it was a graphical glitch or something or what, but it just looked bizarre. That's the way my work was, too. The beard looked funny. Yeah, the beard looked really, really strange. So I had to change it to a different beard. But other than that, it's fine. Not that big of a deal. Um, I think I'm going to change. I actually think I'm going to change my Blood Elf to a Torrin because I what? hated, and he's a paladin, <laughs> and I hated the way Torrens looked. I thought yeah. they looked like they looked goofy before the, the new models, but yeah. I really like the Torrin model. And I've always kind of wanted a Torin, but I just thought they looked. I just thought they looked terrible. Yeah, um, I'm not a fan of the Torin females, but the new Torin male model looks magnificent. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, it looks but, really. But they're too big on the screen. That's my only problem with the Torins. As much as I love them, they're just too big on the screen, and it just really irritates me. And the Blood Elves look so modern and updated until the new models came out, and now the Blood Elves look dated. It's weird. How <laughs> it that is weird. Works. Yeah, you're right. I, I didn't think of that, but you are right. It does look a bit weird. And did the night elves get a change? Because my night elves look slightly they look, different. They're, they're the same. They're the same. See, that's weird. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait. Night elves. Yeah, night elves. I the think night I, elves change. Yes. I'm sure they got an update. They must have gotten an update because my night elves now look weirder. If anything, they look taller. Odd. Yeah, I think the night elves did change because that's part of the original original set, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Everything from the original set changed. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, well, there you go. Cool. Um... That's all I can think of about for the patch. I mean, it was, there was a heap more stuff done. It's, it's uh, yeah. wow. There's just there's so much that we basically can't we can't cover at all. Uh, but uh, it's interesting times ahead, and I, I'm now even more excited for Warlords. I will say this though: this the quest thing that you do at ninety when you uh, when you go off to help Thrall at the gate is boring yeah. as hell. It takes if it takes you more than an half an hour, then you don't know what you're doing, and it's just it. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, it's, it really doesn't really mean anything. Um, this, this this event is not as good as the other events leading into other expansions. Yeah, so I mean, some of the other events have been, have been magnificent. I mean, the the zombie invasion of Azeroth yeah, when Max Ramos first came out—that's my favorite by far. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. This is this is really nothing in comparison. Um, although I have done I have done some more research uh, on this because I, there's been quite a lot of complaints about it that I've read online as well. Um, and what what they've actually done though is if you do a level ninety character boost straight out of the box, so if you just go straight from one to ninety, you instead of appearing in uh, the Pandaren cities, yeah, you appear at this event. And yeah. you don't get all of your abilities straight away. You learn the abilities as you go during those, you know, five or six quests during that storyline. Just there, kind of like a sort of kind of like a much reduced version of what the Death Knights do. 
Um, so that's pretty cool. If that's if that's the case, that's not bad. Um, I haven't done, I haven't leveled a character to ninety just to test it out, but that's. Uh, no, I had I had a friend that did that um, just the other day, and that's what he was saying is that um, he didn't get all of his abilities until he had done those quest lines, and by the end of it, you get all your abilities. See, now that's cool. That's how level level ninety, the level ninety boost should have worked right from the very beginning. Like you yeah. do, like a short. Little, they know, were just trying to make money before this. They were yeah. just they knew old players would do it and then um you know and kind of have an idea of what they're supposed to do just because they've seen other people play it. But um I think that they want new people coming in that's gonna buy the expansion and then do the boost. They want them to see this process. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I do like it. I think I, I approve. I think it's very cool. Um and there's and like I said, there's there's so many other things that changed in this patch. Like this new sort of weird colouring that people like all NCPs in the world get is kinda weird. Oh, that's really cool. I like yeah. that. It, it's it, yeah, it's, it's when I first saw it I was like, I don't I don't like this at all. But I've sort of grown I've grown used to it actually. It makes a lot of sense. Um and the new I way saw- the new way that the log the log screen and the map screen are being combined. Um Yeah. Once again, at first I was like, eh, but it does make a lot of sense, so I'm much more used to it now. Um, they have an in-game OQ now. What's that? Um, the the add-on OQ um, was basically this add-on where it was out. It was an outside, like a third party was. Um, they set up this where you could queue for things that the game couldn't queue for. Oh yeah, yeah. They've introduced. Like, they've actually put it into the game. Yeah, now they've put like a, they've implemented a Blizzard version of that, and it works really well. Yeah, it's basically the same. I mean, there's still a few things you could probably do on OQ that you can't do on there, but um, for the most part, it's 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 pretty similar. Yeah, um, it's called pre. It's paid pre-made group or something like that, isn't it? Yeah, pre-made. pre-made group. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's the patch. I mean, like I said, lots more. Check it out. Check out the official uh, Blizzard thing. There's a heap more stuff there to check it out. But uh, wow, the uh, Warlords of Draenor. I can't be more excited. It's very, very cool. Yeah, I'm super excited. I think the expansion is going to be great. I think we're going back to the. Uh, um, I think we're going back to a more old school version of World of Warcraft as far as the look and feel. Yeah. Um. It just that kind of to me goes against the simplification of all the, of all the abilities. Um. I don't think they're simplifying the game. I think that there's going to be more things introduced that is going to be more time consuming. And uh, and warlords than there was in, in Mist. Mist was was much more casual as far as like your gameplay, like the time you actually play. Um, yeah. But I feel like they they're they're making the actual gameplay itself, the actual combat system simpler. Um, and it's not that the system's simpler; they just did a lot of button pruning. Um, yeah. And I'm I'm hoping that in the next ten levels, it'll make sense. Yep, that pretty That's much sum, pretty much sums it up. I agree with everything. Cool. Uh, the other, as other thing, times news is uh, Mr. Pandera is now included in the standard edition, the battle chest. What was originally called the battle chest? I don't know, I can't remember if, if, if it's still called that. But when you buy World uh, of Warcraft, you get Mr. Pandera included. So 1995 gets you the whole deal. That's a pretty sweet deal. It's a good decision. Yeah. So anybody, anybody listening to this who is not already a World of Warcraft player, now's your chance. Now is the yeah. time. Let's get it, get nice. into it. Now's the time. Um, so yeah, last last but not least, it's uh, the WoW's tenth anniversary pretty soon, and uh, so as as every anniversary, they have a, an event in game uh, where they you know give away free stuff. Um, we got an achievement for logging in during the anniversary, and um, for the tenth anniversary though, they're going all out. So when you log in, you get the achievement, you get a pet called the Fiery Corgi. There's a little corgi that's on fire. 
which, you know, who cares? Uh, but in-game in itself, they're actually bringing back this really, uh, really cool PvP thing that used to happen back in the good old days where Taran Mill um, and South Shore used to go to war. So Taran Mill and South Shore were so close to each other that uh, people used to basically just world PvP. Just you know, there's no story based on it. It was just they used to basically just go out and just gank each other. You know, and they used to get to have like quite quite involved wars. That was actually the, the very first time I ever PvP was during a, a Taran Mill South Shore battle. So it's a, a nostalgia for a lot of people, and so they're actually going to re- reintroduce that um, during the 10th anniversary uh, uh, as like an instance instance events. So there will actually be. Uh, a time limit and a, a winner or loser in an actual full-out PvP war. So hundreds of players going at it. So I just think that's magnificent. Um, so really, it's a nostalgia boost for all those people, and it's just a cool idea. So I'll, def- I'll definitely get involved in that. Um, and the other thing is that they're going to rejig Molten Core. Um, so Molten Core is was basically the main raid um, for its day, and. Uh, Lots of lots of fun and uh, tears and pain were had <laughs> that in Molten Core um, back in the day when it was actually legit and when it was a challenge. Now, of course, you can just solo it, but back then it was a big deal. So they're going to rejig it. They're actually, and they're going to make it level ninety uh, again, and you know, let people go through and sort of relive the excitement, which is pretty cool. That is cool. Hmm. You recently redid that um, um, Black Rock one. Is it Upper? Yeah, Upper Black Rock. Have you have you done that instance? I haven't done it yet. I queued for it, and I sat there for a long time, and then I just gave up. Yeah, never. They've taken the whelps out, so you can now no longer get uh, that achieve. Oh, um, you can't get Leroy Jenkins. Yeah, so that's gone now. Um, they warned us in advance that that was going to happen, but so yeah, so it's you know it's. All right. I, I mean, I did it, but I'm never. I'm not going to do it again. It was boring. It was very very easy. But other than that, well, tenth anniversary. It's an achievement. This game's been number one for ten years. It's pretty good. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, finish up with coming soon. So in Australian cinemas, October thirtieth, we get Get On Up, the uh, biography of uh, the one and only James Brown. Pretty exciting. Uh, John Wick, which is Keanu Reeves' return to to the action, and uh, well, the reviews are in, and, and uh, people are happy. It's uh, very interesting. I'm, I'm actually quite looking forward to seeing this film. But uh, Keanu Reeves kicking some butt. Uh, Kill the Messenger, which I don't know anything about. It's moving on. Maya the Bee, which is a children's animated movie about Maya, who is a bee. Uh, <laughs> um, Pride, Kung Fu Jungle, and The Best of Me. In America's cinemas on October 31st, we have um, we have Before I Go to Sleep, which is a thriller based on a worldwide best-selling novel by S.G. Watson. Okay. Um, and we also have Nightcrawler, which is not about what you think it's about. No, it's Jake, um, it's Jake Gyllenhaal. It sounds awesome. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, it is a pulse-pounding thriller set in nocturnal underbelly of contemporary Los Angeles. Mm. Uh, I haven't seen anything on this. It's pretty cool. He had butts a mirror in the trailer. It looks mad. I don't know. I might check that out. It looks pretty cool. Yep. That's it. Cool. Well, that's uh, that's it for episode one fourteen. It's a bit of an epic. Uh, I'll, I'll you know I'll do a bit of bit of editing, but uh, it is it is an epic episode. It's uh, it's good to be back on track in the, the actual regular episodes again. It's pretty cool. So it's always, it's always good to talk to Young Bo as well. It's always it's always fun being on. <laughs> so it's uh, so I hope you enjoyed it and uh, look forward to ne- next week. As like I said, we'll be back on track. So back to our regular weekly scheduling. So. Next week, uh, look out for episode 115. But for now, thanks for joining us, and uh, have fun. Bye.
Bye. You've been listening to Nerd Culture Podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Send us an email to feedback at nerdculturepodcast.com. You can run on our wall if you go to the Facebook page. Go to facebook.com forward slash nerdculturepodcast. Tweet us at nerdculturecast. Skype us on Nerd Culture Podcast. If we don't answer, leave a message. We might even play it on the show. You can comment on any post on our website. www.nerdculturepodcast.com If you'd like to support the show, use the Amazon affiliate widget on our website to do your Amazon shopping. It doesn't cost you any extra, and a small percentage of the profit goes towards helping us to produce our show. We can see what you buy, but not who you are, so your privacy is assured. Check out our videos at ncptv.net or search for NCPTV on YouTube because we also have a YouTube channel. Don't forget, you can rate, review and subscribe to the show on iTunes. Wondering where you can hear more of Bo? Go to ecnradio.com. Bo and David also have another podcast called Film Flames. More info at www.filmflames.com. You can find all of our podcasts and more at undercastnetwork.com. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for more episodes.